Welcome, you're listening to the Mac Observer's Background Mode. This is your host, John Marchalero, and this week my guest is the famous Kelly Guan. Kelly, welcome back. <laughs> I don't know if famous is the word, but I'm always excited to come talk to you, John. So for the listeners, uh, for the fir- if you're listening for the first time with me and Kelly, Kelly is a longtime podcaster, a contributing editor for the Mac Observer, the glorious host of the Mac Observer's Daily Observation Podcast, yay, and a technical support guru and a founding volunteer of App Camp for Girls. So that's Kelly. Pretty awesome. Thanks. It's And it is always fun to be here, uh, partly because I like getting to do a show with you where I'm not the host. So yeah. it's always fun to sit in the other seat. Yeah, turn the tables on you for a change. Yeah. <laughs> This is show number seven, and you're on frequently oh, to talk to me about goodness. your favorite TV shows and movies. Yeah. Today, we, as we typically do, uh, we're, we're doing a pseudo John and Kelly show. We're going <laughs> to discuss that topic. And Kelly, why don't you launch uh, the show with uh, your favorite shows recently, and then we'll do the commercial so- break, and then we'll get to me. Yeah, so uh, the first one I want to recommend is from Amazon Prime, and it's Good Omens. Good Omens is a miniseries that's based on a book that was written by Terry Pratchett and Neil Gaiman, uh, which is a really entertaining book and uh, a really fun, a really fun read if that's your style. Uh, it's it's very much what it says on the tin by being a Terry Pratchett book <laughs> and a Neil Gaiman book. Uh, so. Uh, if that's not your thing, obviously, then then the show may not be for you. But I have to tell you, I spent at least the first two episodes just smiling at watching the book come to life in front of me. And I thought it was brilliantly cast. Uh, the two main characters are played by Michael Sheen and David Tennant. And they're fantastic in their roles. Uh, all of the, the smaller parts are uh, super great. And, and really fun uh, to get to see all of these people like helping this story come to life. It was really, really fun. Um, What's the premise of the show? So uh, the, the premise, I'm trying to think what's like the right way to, to talk about it. Um, the whole, the, the show focuses on the end of the world. And uh, um Michael Sheen plays Aziraphale, who is an angel, and David Tennant plays a demon oh, named of course. Crowley. Oh, of course. Oh, yeah. After Jessica and Jones, he has to be the demon. <laughs> yeah, he couldn't be the good guy. No. Uh, so uh, the two of them have lived on Earth and been sort of reporting back to their respective home offices for <laughs> thousands of years. <laughs> and the two of them, like, they're supposed to be on opposite sides of everything, all the time, but they have sort of become friends throughout these thousands of years, and they sort of begrudgingly admit that they enjoy each other's company occasionally. And uh, the whole show is about the end of the world. Scandalous. Yes, and they um, so they've become friends, and then they have to sort of team up uh, with regards to the end of the world. Because the Antichrist is born, the Antichrist is living on Earth and is coming into his power, and uh, they and 
uh, Crowley, David Tennant, uh, wants to stop it because he likes Earth and he likes living there and he likes the life that he has and this lifestyle to which he has become accustomed. And uh, Aziraphale, Michael Sheen, um, is trying to stop the war and, you know, goes up to the home office and says, like, you know, if we could stop it, that would be great. And they keep explaining to him at the home office that the point is not to stop the war. The point is to win it. And so they sort of are shouting down his plan to like, what if we could head this off and not have to have the war at all? And there need not be an Armageddon. And so it's really entertaining and it's not, it doesn't suffer from something I've seen people call Netflix syndrome, which is it's a mini series, but it's, um, it's like two episodes longer than it really needed to be. Uh, so that's, totally not what happens here uh there are only six episodes and they you know get in make the point and is get it out just one season so far yes yes is this michael um, sheen in relation to martin and charlie no no okay no just he's a lovely english fella uh, you probably know him from other stuff that you just may not realize you know him from um some people may know him. I think he was in the, the Twilight movies. You may know him because he played David Frost in Frost Nixon. That's the first that. thing I always think of I when, I, when I think of uh, him. It looked like a good movie, though. Yeah, it was a very yeah. good movie. Yeah. Um, he's done a lot of like Shakespearean stuff, too. Um, he did a small stint on, what's it called? Uh, 30 Rock. Um, it, so he's somebody that you you may have seen here and there. He's done a variety of U.S. things, but he's done a lot of U.K. work and, and like I said, a lot of Shakespeare and things. Um, have you so, heard about the pushback from some Christian groups on this show that it glorifies yes. evil? Yes. And they does it successfully... Does it, does it really I, merit that or is it tongue-in-cheek or taken in, done in the appropriate fashion to, to well, uh, lay fears? Let's start with the fact that these people were so well informed that they petitioned Netflix to get it off of Netflix. <laughs> and it's an Amazon Prime show. Yes, I'm just going to leave that there. Um, so Netflix said, okay, okay. And then yeah, Netflix said, fine, we'll stop showing Good Omens. <laughs> that was their official response. Really? Really, really? Yes. And then they said, hey, Amazon Prime, you should really not show Stranger Things season three. <laughs> <laughs> which was my favorite reply oh, to all of this. Cool. Um, so there's also like, there's other people, like I said, that you will recognize from things. Um, it is tongue in cheek. Uh, there's, there's sort of a commentary track from God that, that who pops up occasionally and narrates certain pieces of the, the story. And she's fantastic by the way. And there, like, so like none of it is done like, gloom and doom present day like it's a very who's it was the, all tongue-in-cheek to begin with who's the you know? voice of god was it jane lynch i'm trying to remember francis mcdormand oh yeah the voice of god oh francis mcdormand is in one of my favorite all-time movies mrs yes. Pettigrew lives for a day with amy yes. adams that is a fantastic yes. movie return from sir routine <laughs> so um it's a really fun show and i have enjoyed it um it it does deal with religion because each of them is from a different place uh crowley is a fallen angel uh aziraphale is an angel and you know there's a there's a lot of stuff that goes on you know like the whole show is sort of rooted in this in this setup so you kind of have to go into it knowing that and if you can 
kind of put the religious piece aside, whatever your personal politics are with re- with regards to that. It's fun. It's fun and entertaining. It's fiction. Like, I've enjoyed it. It's well written. It moves along. Yeah. It's got some funny bits. It's got some some stuff. You know, like yeah. If you can be comfortable personally watching a show about the Antichrist, then yes. Like, yeah, it's fiction. <laughs> you know, if your minister yes. stands up in church on Sunday and says, "I I had lunch with the devil the other day, and we had a great conversation." Maybe you should be a little concerned about your minister or your priest, but this is yes. TV and it's fiction. And if you yes. don't like it, don't watch it. But it's delightful. And that's like, that's the thing I have to say about it is that it really does feel like, and you, there's a lot of good TV out there and there's a lot of well-executed TV out there. And there's a lot of TV that was, you know, kind of a passion project or whatever. And this is uh, one of those where it feels like everyone involved is just having the best time. <laughs> Like you just feel like the joy and the happiness of it and, and how like, like it just feels like everybody was really jazzed to be there. So it's, it's a lot of fun um, in that respect as well. Just in watching it, uh, it just feels like all of it is really fun. And uh, part of why I personally am excited about it is because this book came out in 1990. I think I got it in paperback in like 92 and um, they've tried to make this movie, they, they've tried to turn the book into a film for many, many, many years. And uh, sadly, Terry Pratchett, the co-author of the book, uh, won't get to see it because he uh, has since passed away and they were unable to um, make this happen, you know, because it was 2015 when he passed away. So uh, he's not doesn't really get to be part of this, but he was known for wearing a hat and a scarf. And there's a a background shot where you get to see his hat and scarf just hanging in the background. They don't make a big deal about it, but it's there. It was very nice. Ah, The British like those sight gags. They move on to something stranger. Something even stranger, stranger things. Tell me about that. So they made another. Yes. Uh, They made another season of stranger things. And uh, part of what, is interesting about this one is that um at least like there were a number of things in it that i thought were were really interesting i'm not gonna give anything away but part of this is that um as it inches forward through the timelines of the characters because everything's set you know at a very specific time um part of that like also makes it very specific to my life and like the mall and well, set it up uh, the, for like, us. what's the what's the location and what's the date and what's the premise well uh this one is the same as the other the, the previous two seasons in that uh it's this sort of sci-fi show about um this this group of kids and there's this this other dimension called the upside down and they have to sort of fight against uh, creatures from that world or things from that world that come through from that dimension into this one. And it just so happens that the place that they come through is this place, Hawkins, Indiana. <laughs> and, uh, not, and not a which military is made up, experiment gone wrong, but just out of the blue, huh? There is a military lab there. How did you know? <laughs> um, so like they've had some, some interesting guest stars and stuff, but one of the things that really stands out to me about stranger things is there really almost obsessive attention to detail? 
So, oh yeah, that's um, where these, that's where they messed up uh, Planck's constant. We read an article about yes. that. Yes, yeah. yeah, they got Planck's um, constant right for 2019, but they didn't have Planck's constant right, right for 1984. 85. 85. Is that one? So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so, um, but aside from the, like, um, aside from the science. Which I understand, and that's le- that's that's a legit complaint. Um, uh, it's the things like uh, I remember having that exact sleeping bag when I was a child, and I remember going to my friend's house who had that same wallpaper as is in that house on the show, and you know, on and on and on. And like I remember wearing an outfit that looked almost exactly like that. I shopped at uh, that store that they show in the Starcourt Mall, which is the mall in, in set in season three. Um, like I, these are things that are like integral parts of my life from being a kid and, you know, in July of 1985 or, um, November 83, uh, the first series is November of 1983. Um, like there are things that I remember that look like that, or, you know, that's exactly what my friend's house looked like, or, you know, those sort of, like that kind of stuff. I remember that Halloween and, you know, what everybody dressed as. And yeah, we had a whole bunch of people that came to school's Ghostbusters, you know, in October of 1984 and stuff like that. So, um, it's super fun to watch in that way. Uh, but also like, it's a good, it's, it's fun sci-fi. So I've enjoyed watching it because it's a science fiction show as well. Um, and this one is, I'm trying to think. Um, I think they're each eight episodes. No season two was nine episodes. Uh, but the rest of the, the, uh, season one and season three were eight episodes. Did you say this was Netflix? Uh, yes, this is a Netflix show. Okay. And I, and like everything about it is super fun. Uh, the Duffer brothers are the two guys that are behind it. And again, brilliantly cast um everyone that's in it is really fantastic and there's a lot of fun stuff that comes that that comes out of it like an interesting relationship here or a turn of events there that sort of changes the dynamic of what's going on you know there and uh you know the occasional moment that reminds you that yes it really is you know 1985 or 1984 1983 and you know, and how things have changed since then and stuff like that. So, um, it's, it's a fun show to watch and I really enjoy it. And it's been fun, um, as a fan of the show to watch the kids who are cast as the main characters in the show, um, you know, get attention and be really excited about it. And like, you know, watching them like sort of enjoy this success, and you know that's been that's been pretty fun too. And uh, David Harbour's in this; he plays the sheriff. And people uh, may have seen him in the Hellboy reboot. He's done some other things here and there. Uh, one of the writers in it. While we're talking about the eighties, <laughs> so um, it, but it like overall, it's just a really fun show to watch, and I enjoy it very much. And I uh, look forward to your letters because I want to know if you have crazy theories about the very end of season three, like. I do. Ah, okay, well, I have to leave it there. So send your notes to Kelly. You have a PSA you want to tell us about, Battlestar Galactica. I do. I'm very excited about this. Uh, uh, Battlestar Galactica, the new series, the one from uh, the early 2000s, uh, that was put together by the Sci-Fi Channel, Sci-Fi Network, whatever they are. Uh, They have released... 
uh, all of Battlestar Galactica, the four seasons and the miniseries, uh, four seasons, including the two movies, um, are available on their site. And for free, you don't need a cable login or anything. You can watch the original miniseries they used to kick off the show. And you can watch all four seasons of the show, plus the two movies, uh, Razor and The Plan, or what those were called. And uh, you, like I said, you don't need a cable login for them, so you can just go to the website. I believe they're all available in the Sci-Fi app, which is available on iOS. I did not check Apple TV to see if they were available in the sci-fi app there. But um, Airplay makes it a trivial thing if you want to shoot it over to the television. But um, it's this is super great. This is another show um, I've super duper enjoyed. Uh, I really, really loved it at the time and uh, talked about it loads with all kinds of people that I knew. And, you know, again, with the crazy theories when you're in the middle and you don't know how things are going to turn out. Um not one of my favorite endings overall, but like I didn't hate it. I just wanted something different than what they gave me. But uh, aside from that, uh, I really, really enjoyed it. And I liked uh, the the direction that Battlestar Galactica ended up going, uh, just in general. And uh, it was super fun. And if you get a chance and have not seen it, I highly recommend it. If I you have too. seen it. And if you have seen it, I recommend watching it again because there's now, uh, also from, from sci-fi, they've been doing um, Battlestar Galacticast, uh, where Trisha Helfer uh, di- takes a deep dive. Uh, her and uh, Mark Bernardin, who's a, a journalist, um, but Trisha Helfer is one of the main characters of the show, and uh, they dig in on every episode and so you can just walk through the series again with them as as kind of your guides and it's been really fun to listen to that cool well we've come to the end of the first segment we're going to have to take a commercial break folks will be back in 60 seconds on chatting with uh, tmo contributing editor kelly gumont stay with us i'll be right back hello there all you fabulous background mode listeners I'm Kelly Gamont with the Mac Observer, and I just want to say a few words about how you can support all the things we do. If you're thinking about buying something from Apple, Amazon, or Mac Mall, just go to the Mac Observer's homepage where we have a section called Support TMO. Or you can just enter macobserver.com forward slash Apple Store, all one word, and that will take you to our special page for Apple and our other affiliates. If you make a purchase from one of our partners this way, the Mac Observer receives a small compensation for sending business their direction. Pretty cool, right? And you don't pay a penny more. This small fee from our affiliates helps us continue to bring you TMO's daily news, reviews, tips, how-tos, and podcasts like this one. So the next time you're thinking about an online purchase, come to TMO's homepage and support the Mac Observer. Thanks. Back to you, John. We're back. I'm chatting with Kelly Gamat, podcaster, host of the Mac Observer's Daily Observations podcast. So now it's my turn. So I was talking to a friend who had his birthday yesterday in Albuquerque, and we were talking about Netflix and his parents kind of feeling like Netflix. A lot of Netflix shows and Netflix originals are kind of dark. You read the synopsis and you get this uneasy feeling like, I'm not going to be real happy watching this show. Uh, Netflix tends to do that in uh, very showcasey ways. But if you look hard enough, you can find some real gems. And I kind of like stuff that's fun and lighthearted and adventurous and sci-fi-ish. 
And uh, so I'm going to talk about two shows that I've been watching lately with my mm-hmm. spouse, uh, Canadian production, Anne with an E in Canada. It's just Anne. And it's mm-hmm. the story of Anne of Green Gables and also Netflix original series Outlander. So I'll start with Anne. 1,800 okay. young actresses auditioned to play the part of Anne Shirley Cuthbert. So Amy Beth McNulty is a young 13-year-old actress. I think she's about that age. She's 13 in the show. Who is an orphan and a very gifted orphan. And the time comes when uh, this brother and sister family running a farm, the Green Gables Farm, are looking for some additional help because they're getting on in years. They're about 70. And so they try to find at at an orphanage a, a young man who can help them. So Matthew Cuthbert travels a long distance to the train station to pick up this young man. And it turns out to be a young woman. There's a miscommunication. And this is Anne Shirley. And she Mm -hmm. is a prodigy. She's articulate. She's strong-willed. She's intelligent. She's already well gifted in in studies and, and, and English and literature and history. And because she lived in an orphanage, she's also very experienced in child raising, which comes into play later. And at first, a couple is kind of put off by young Anne because she's so gabby. And she just talks and talks and talks and talks all day long. And she's so full of wonder and excitement of being alive. This couple has a misunderstanding with Amy. And the the sister thinks that their brother and sister couple thinks that... uh, Anne may have stolen a brooch and sends her, tries to send her back to the orphanage. And then she finds it later and realizes she made a big mistake. So there's a big expedition of trekking across Nova Scotia, to, across the ferry into the train station to try to get her back. And finally, there's this dramatic scene in the train station where, where Anne is feeling alone and unwanted and she's trying to sell poems to people in the train station to make money. And she's thinking about living alone and going back to her birthplace. And Matthew is is having a discussion with a man who wants to intervene because there's this little scene between Matthew and and Anne. And he says, no, no problem. She's my daughter. He's fallen in love with her and he wants to keep her. And she's just a delight. So she comes back to the Green Gables and the adventures continue. And then she joins the school. And of course, you can imagine what happens when an extremely bright young girl goes to school. The first day, it's a one-room schoolhouse. And it's entertaining. It's, it's, the actress is amazing. The other actors are amazing. The music is beautiful. And it's just a fun show to watch, seeing this young woman who was an orphan find her place in the world and find a family. Mm-hmm. And it's, just, it's a warm-hearted movie for the whole family. It's a series now. I believe there's season one and season two. Um, this is uh, Netflix. Uh, mm-hmm. I've heard that season three has been approved and should be coming it's along soon. Breathing down your neck, uh, September twenty second. It All starts right. on CBC. All right. I, how long it'll take to get to Netflix? I don't know. Yeah. But uh, I highly recommend it if you're looking for family entertainment, great music, great scenery, uh, life and times around nineteen hundred, how people lived and baked and cooked and entertained themselves, and how families evolved. So. And mm-hmm. with an E, based on the book, uh, Anne of Green Gables. I forget the author's name. Uh, L.M. Montgomery was her name. Okay. I loved those books when I was a kid because 
I was really chatty and I grew up in the wilderness. <laughs> well, you will appreciate this show. <laughs> went to school and everyone went, Oh Lord, what do we do with her? And yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so you, you haven't seen the series yet, right? Uh, I've not seen this one. I've heard wonderful things about this series. Uh, as they, soon as there you see a, it, you will recognize yourself in Anne Shirley Cuthbert. <laughs> well, I recognize myself in her in the books. And uh, there was a another show that uh, this has been adapted before on TV. And I remember watching that series as a child. Yeah, I read about that. And, and it wasn't as good. Uh, some no. critics said, yeah. No, I, I remember having watched it is is really what it is and to tie this back for longtime listeners uh the the actress who played Anne in that show in that previous adaptation uh plays a prominent character on winona earp which i have previously recommended oh, here okay and she is a very different character <laughs> on winona earp so it's very uh surprising at first once you realize that's Anne of Green Gables, right? And then, and then, uh, uh, you know, her character takes a turn, and and yeah. Anyway, it's it. At first, it's very surprising. You forget about it immediately, but uh, you have that moment of like, oh, that's who that is. And then, oh, okay. So yeah, this next um, series. I've is... heard great things about this show, though, and I can't wait to watch it. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, you should because you'll you'll be amused to see the the articulation and the intelligence and the gabbiness of this young woman and her. Her fascination with life and the way she expresses herself is just incredible. So this next series that I've been watching is a little bit controversial in some ways with with me. It started off very whimsical. It's called Outlander. It's the story of Claire Beauchamp Randall, a English combat nurse during World War II. And the war is over, and she's married to a historian, Frank Randall. And they visit this site, this site of stones. It's called Craig de Noon in Scotland. And they're, they're doing a historical visit. And there is this ceremony going on, with this, this ancient ceremony that activates these stones, or one of the stones. It's kind of like, imagine Stonehenge, but it's not Stonehenge. Very large vertical stones. And one of them becomes uh, activated during this ceremony as a portal in time. And Claire makes the mistake or the good fortune, depending on touching it. And she's immediately cast back to Scotland in the year 1743. Now, this is just before the Battle of Culloden. And she gets involved with the Mackenzie clan and the Fraser clan. And she's um, kind of suspect because she's an English woman. There's a derogatory term for an English woman, a Sassanach. But she's got healing experience from being a combat nurse. And so she's taken into the castle and accommodated and tolerated because she is so good at, at healing. Mm-hmm. Well, it turns out that um, her husband, who's a historian, Frank Randall, has an ancient, ancient, ancient ancestor 200 years before, who's a redcoat, Jack Randall, who's a violent, terrible, terrible man. And he... Re- causes endless difficulties for Claire and later for Claire and this young Frazier fellow she meets, Jamie Frazier, who's uh, Laird. And they fall in love. And even though she's married in the modern times, she doesn't have any hope of ever getting back. And so she marries. For, 
there there was a a problem, and the, the solution was to get married because the English wanted to extradite her, and and so she was protected in the Scottish realm by by marrying this young fellow. And so now she has, and the tradition in Scotland apparently at that time, if they did this right, is a ring on your right ring finger. So she's got a ring on her left ring finger from the modern day, and she's got a ring on her right finger from the current day in 1743. Um, the Clare is played by a wonderful actress named Catriona Balfa, who's just splendid, glorious, and uh, charming. Um, the problem with the show is there's, it's beautiful scenery, it's awesome music, the theme song is the Skyboat song, which is just haunting. Mm-hmm. There's lovely sexuality in season one and season two. Um, however, interspersed with that, there's moments of what I would call sickening brutality. Uh, there's a scine where Jack Randall is using a cat of nine tails, torturing J- Jamie. There's an even worse scene at the very end of season one where there's, uh, in the Wentworth Castle in prison, uh, Jack Randall rapes. Jamie, and uh, it was too violent to watch for me. But it's won some awards. It's considered a, a great series by science fiction aficionados. I forget mm-hmm. what other awards it's, it's won, but it's if you can get by occasional moments of, of uh, brutality, it's just a fun science fiction series. She starts off season one desperately trying to get back to the stones so that she can get back to the future. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's kind of torn about that in time because she's really in love with Frazier in 1743. So then she starts thinking that the Battle of Culloden is coming and she knows that the Scots lose that battle badly and it's the end of the Highlander culture. So she sets about with Jamie trying to change history and to swing the tide of the battle. So um, that's the end of season one. I'm just starting season two. Okay. And um, I, if you're interested in offbeat science fiction that's not heavy on the tech but uses science fiction like Travelers, uses mm-hmm. science fiction as a mild and interesting vehicle to create a storyline that's charming and interesting, then mm-hmm. the show's for you. But just be aware it's uh, not exactly G-rated. <laughs> Well, if I remember the uh, the not exactly G-rated aspects were what made the book so popular in the first place. So, yeah, that's I, definitely I uh, that's definitely why I know about it is because I knew a number of people who read the books and really enjoyed them. So, okay, so that's a Netflix series, and um, the first two seasons are on Netflix, and I'm afraid. Last time I checked that if you want to watch season three and season four, you'll have to purchase them by some method. Oh, okay. So I'll, I'll make a decision at the end of season two. But I bought the soundtrack for season one and season two, and it's great music if you're interested in Scottish music. You know, after you watch this, after I watched this show intensively for the first season, you know about self-talk, right? It's the, it's the voice in your mind. Mm-hmm. My self-talk started acquiring a Scottish accent. <laughs> That's how that's how intense the show Great. is. Yeah. yeah. And you have to watch it with subtitles, like Shetland, because there's so many Scottish terms, like bairn for a child mm-hmm. and, and, and glycode for, for nonsense, and some other Scottish uh, language uh, idiosyncrasies that they don't bother to explain. And so you just have to turn on the subtitles to kind of catch what they're saying. So uh, okay. that's the key. 
Okay. And you'll be running for the dictionary trying to figure out what these Scottish words mean. <laughs> but uh, again, yes. I, I give it a thumbs up in general. And if some of the scenes annoy you, just, you know, use fast forward and glide over them. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's the end. Any closing thoughts? Anything you want to bring up before we end the show? Uh, well, I will point out that the reason I haven't spent time with Anne with an E or Outlander is because um, I went back. There were a couple of seasons of uh, Marvel Netflix TV shows I missed. So I've been working through those. So uh, when I have lunch every day, I watch part of whatever show it is I'm working on because I've been wa- watching them back through in order. Because I missed um, The Last of Luke Cage and uh, The Last of Jessica Jones were the two that I hadn't seen. So I'm currently, um, I've done, I think, all of Daredevil. I've done The Punisher. And I've done two seasons of Jessica Jones. And I'm in the second season of Luke Cage. Now, um, working my way through those because um, I want to get to season three of Jessica Jones. And when I went back and was sort of sampling, I was like, oh, there was that. And oh, there was that. And uh, oh, I also watched The Defenders. So that's been sort of my lunchtime viewing for the last little while is um, I started working back through those Jessica Jones. And I was a little bit put off because of the emphasis on her sister, Trish. And Mm -hmm. Trish has acquired uh, Jessica Jones like powers through an experiment mm-hmm. gone wrong or gone right, depending on your perspective. Depends who you are. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And so um, yeah. I haven't finished Jessica Jones season three, but that's another thing I want to do. Yeah, so I haven't watched those. Um, we'll have to get together again and report on those, I yep. suppose. Um, what I would like to do is also point out uh, for people who enjoy watching TV, uh, one thing I know a lot of people enjoy watching on TV is Star Trek. And uh, my friend Chuck Joyner, uh, is has launched a new podcast called Trek Favorites. I'm in. I'm in. Yeah. I got my I got my spot reserved. Jean Luc Picard, Star Trek: Next Generation, The Inner Light. It's reserved. For oh, me. it's so good. I almost picked that episode because it's just a brilliant hour to of it. television. I beat you. <laughs> no, it's because I picked the finale of Next Generation, oh. and uh, the current episode of Trek Favorites is the one with me. So partly I'm plugging the show because it's a great show and because Chuck is awesome. And uh, I just had a chance to hang out with him at Max Talk and, and it's always a good time. And uh, so people pick their favorite Trek show and talk about their, their connection to it in whatever way. Um, he had the guys from Mission Log on. Um, I've been on it. Years is booked. And I can't. And, and it's part of what's fun about it is... Uh, finding out what it is about that episode that means something to that person. That's right. That's the premise of the show. Yeah, because that's what it is. And it came about because uh, Chuck has another, has other podcasts and realized that in like before the show chatter or after the show chatter, you know, whether it's, you know, ramping up and getting everything running or, you know, kind of at the end having like a continuing conversation that Star Trek came up all the time. So uh, he sent out an email, said, I'm doing this thing. And, you know, I, I, and I, when I replied to him, I said, honestly, Chuck, I didn't finish the email, but it sounds like you want me to do something with you. And the answer is yes. <laughs> so to find out a um, lot about the guests. Yeah. And, you know, and the, the great thing about it, th- I love his pitch, which is that he wanted to talk to his tech friends and his Trek friends about Star Trek. 
And so, and so it's not a, a a news show. It's not an agenda driven show. It's not anything like that. And it's really fun. And, you know, and it's, it's a personality thing and a Star Trek thing. So you get to go here, like for my episode, um, Mine is because it's the the series finale. It's a two parter, so you get to hear a little bit about um, why I picked that episode, why it matters to me, why that why that particular finale was important to me, and um, a number of other interesting things, including um, my Q theory because I have a theory about Q, and uh, it's just a fun show to listen to. So I recommend cool. that you go we'll check look it out. Forward to that, and I'm looking forward yeah. to joining Chuck to talk about the inner light soon. All right, yes. with that, we're going to have to call it a show. All right. Kelly, thank you for joining me. It's been wonderful, as always. Thank you so much for having me. It's always a treat to come by and talk to you about TV. Folks, you've been listening to the Mac Observer's Background Mode, the informal John and Kelly show. We'll be back next week.